Welcome to the Follow Me Podcast. I'm Allie Grant, the founder of Be Social. Each week, we're inviting influencers, entrepreneurs, and the digitally savvy to share their social media story. We're going to break down how they've grown a business through their social footprint. Join us by following along on their journey. Hey guys, welcome back to the Follow Me Podcast. I'm Allie. I am excited to get into today's episode, but first I'm going to walk through what I saw on the internet. So if you haven't already, you should download this white paper. It is from Later and Forecard, and it is called State of Instagram Influencer Marketing. I put it on my stories earlier this week, and I found a lot of it pretty interesting. Um, so kind of just talking through what influencer marketing is going to look like in 2020. I think some of the biggest takeaways um, for me were just that people are going to start posting less. So they assume that only two posts a week are going to be going out. Um, Just talking through hashtags, growth, engagement. So if you're in the industry or you are an influencer, I think it's super worth downloading and taking a look at. Super excited for today's guest. Um, Not only is she a neighbor here at The Row, um, where our offices are, but I also go to her for my skin and I would trust no one else. Um, So today she's going to be talking about building her business, which has been so successful. Uh, all things skincare and Botox, um, favorite topic ever, and then utilizing the power of influencers. So let's just get into it. Vanessa is a world-renowned medical aesthetic provider sought after for her dedication to natural intention beauty guidance, and she is known for her contribution to training and educating in the cosmetic medical field. She has helped educate hundreds of medical providers in her ways of dedication to natural but transformative results. She is a best-kept celebrity secret, aesthetic practice consultant, skincare expert, and part of an elite 1% of practitioners who are booked out solid more than 8 to 12 months in advance. And that is so true because she's so hard to see. Let's do this, Vanessa. Okay, welcome, Vanessa. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. I know, me too. And you're our neighbor, so it's so fun and easy. We are neighbors. We're right down the little pathways from I each know, other. I love it. Okay, so we start every episode the same. Tell us about your first Instagram post ever. Oh my God. I know what it is, so you can't make it up. I have I, it up right now. I actually think I know what it is. Is it a selfie? Um, no. Mm-mm. Oh, maybe I took it down because I was like, I don't look like that anymore. <laughs> you probably archived it. So can I tell you my first one that I took down? Yeah. My very, very first Instagram post was, first of all, my handle back then used to be the beauty soiree. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Years ago. I think it was like five years ago. Uh-huh. And my first post was in a lab coat in the back room of a little med spa I used to work in. And I was holding this super gross big syringe and I thought I was so cute. And I like took a selfie and I held the syringe next to my face. And at this time there were no medical cosmetic accounts. It was like me and maybe one or two other people. Yeah, And I thought it was this little, you know, silly thing that I was doing and it was cute and it was, you know, nobody was going to see it. And then here we are like five years later and I was like, oh shit, I have to delete this. This looks so (laughs) stupid and creepy. But yeah. And I I remember I was wearing like red lipstick and it was a whole, (laughs) yeah. At 9am, it was really ambitious of me and that was it. So it was a weird little selfie in a back room. And of course I use like 
the harshest filter. Oh I think yeah, it was everyone like did. Ludo or and the something. Borders. It's just like literally everyone's first Instagram post is the same. It's so funny. It was really dark. What do you have up? Um, I have like it's like a two frame of like a girl's face. It looks like one of your clients who wanted smaller pores and tighter skin. Oh, fantastic! So it's probably microneedling, micro pen treatment. Yes. Yeah. So micro pen is one of the devices that we use for microneedling. Mm-hmm. And I remember years ago, people thought that I was crazy when I would talk about microneedling. How funny! And, and now it's so like mainstream. Yeah, it's very much like a household thing. Almost like when people say microneedling, it's like, oh yeah, the poking on the skin. But yeah. Yeah. I remember I used to post stuff about it, and here we are in yeah. the future. So five years ago, you were working at a med spa? So I was working at a med spa and also for a plastic surgery office. Okay. Um, so I've worked in plastic surgery. I've worked in Durham offices. I've worked mm-hmm. in med spas. Um, I've seen kind of all the different facets yeah. of the cosmetic medical field, mm-hmm. and it's been quite the journey. But I started injecting about 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's like before it was really a thing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, injectables have been around in the U.S. for about 15, 20 years, depending okay. on which product you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and back then when I first started, our trainings were really from the companies that were selling the stuff. So okay. I would get trained by a rep from Allergan, mm-hmm. which makes like Botox and Juvederm, yeah. or a rep from Galderma, which makes like Restylane and Dysport. Okay. So we weren't really, we didn't have the education or like the sophistication or like the technique turnaround mm-hmm. that we do now or the platform even to yeah. just share different techniques. Yeah. So it's totally different now. I feel like a lot of the newer injectors that are coming on the scene feel like they have to learn every single part of the face yeah. overnight because there's just so much content out there. Yeah. When really I started mastering the nasal labial folds for like an entire Which year. Is what? Yeah, so it's the laugh lines. Okay, it's, okay. it's that border where the cheek meets the mouth area. Mm. So when you smile, some people get like a slight shadow in that area. Yeah, we don't need that. Yeah, it's just, I mean, <laughs> I love I love nasal labial folds as long yeah. as there's natural movement, right? Yeah. So right there in that area, I mean, I think for an entire year I was injecting until I moved on to something else. Like I did lips every now and then, but it really took me about three to five years to master certain things until yeah. I felt like, okay, this is great. Now I can learn about the under eyes. And these days, I think there's a bit of pressure with social media for newer practitioners to learn every, like even the more advanced techniques that sometimes I feel nervous about or feel like there's, there should be more of a healthy fear surrounding that area of the face. They feel like they need to learn it immediately. So back then it was totally different. There was nothing out there that was super prolific. Yeah. And how do you become an injector? Like you're a nurse, yes. right? So yes. you like how what does that process look like? So I'm a registered nurse in every state in the US or in every country also there are different standards for what kind of degree or what type of training mm-hmm. you need to be an injector. Mm-hmm. So in the state of California, you can be an RN, a PA, a nurse practitioner okay. or a doctor. Um so really what you need is your degree to practice. And then after that, you can get specialized training. So I hold beauty courses. There's a great course called Palette um, that has like a different, like there's a spectrum from like just learning lips or or just learning under eyes, or you can choose what to learn from, Mm -hmm. or there's different institutes also different training institutes. But really, what you need further like your knowledge, yeah, but not required. Correct. So. 
every, so every injector, I think this is a really important conversation to have because there's a lot of like, um, not misinformation yeah, out no, there, depending totally. on like who can inject. It's really important that you look up your state laws and see that your provider is who they say they are. Because okay. even recently, I mean, just down the street in downtown LA here, there's yeah. a successful practice that has multiple locations here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Yeah. And the owners were just arrested because mm. it turns out that the medical providers actually had no medical degree oh my and gosh. someone complained about them because they found out that some weird shady stuff was going on. Yeah. The medical board, um, chamber of commerce, uh, yeah. commerce, basically everyone that you could call on, yeah. um, checked in on them. And it turned out that they didn't have the degrees that they said they had. No, it's like a nightmare. It was crazy. So this just happened, and not just finding a provider who Mm -hmm. has um, before and afters on social media, but looking up their license, um, checking what kind of certifications they have, checking out their professional affiliates. um, I think those are all very important things. So I always think safety is first because this is the softer side of medicine, but it's still medicine. There Mm -hmm. is still, you know, medical procedures and risks involved, even though they're minimal in comparison to say like, I don't know, a heart surgery center or something like that. But you do want to make sure you're doing your due diligence and and do your research on your providers. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially in California, you can have your injections done by an RN. I train dermatologists. Um, Allergan flew me out recently to New York to train. Them. Yeah, yeah so really cool. yeah, and about ten years ago, derms, a lot of derms, and a lot of plastic surgeons mm-hmm. would have nurses do the less invasive procedures like yeah. Botox and filler and all of that yep. because they were busy doing surgeries or they mm-hmm. were busy doing different procedures and they felt like this was something to be handed off to the nurse, which, yeah. you know, I loved. I loved yeah. being able to be that facet. And now, because of social media and how things have been exposed. Mm-hmm everyone kind of wants to be more involved in right. this type of medicine. Yeah. And so I'm sure I'm sure they see money in it. Yes. And opportunity. Yeah. So it's it's a lucrative field and it's for I think the best way to find out what provider is best for you and who's safe is really to just get started with researching and yeah. looking up the laws. Do you feel like you get a lot of your business from your before and afters that you post on social media? I would say when I was still taking new patients because mm-hmm. I don't take any new patients anymore. Which is so crazy. It's so crazy. And I'm, I'm doing like the sign of the cross. I'm not even Catholic, but like yeah. I'm so grateful. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so grateful that it got to this point. But I yeah. will say that before and afters drove a lot of my business. Yeah. So um, about five years, four years ago, um, I remember putting on our intake form, how did you hear about us when I opened up like my first little partnership and practice out in Chino. And I think 90% of the answers were Instagram. Wow. And that's when my demographic changed from patients being in their late forties to Mm -hmm. maybe early Mm sixties. It changed to having patients from like late twenties to late thirties. And I was like, okay, we're onto something here at this Mm -hmm. point. I better, you know, step up my social media game and stop posting like gross, weird selfies holding like huge (laughs) syringes. Yeah. Yeah. The before and afters are huge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And then how about influencers? I feel like that's been a big part of your success too. Yes. I will say that I um, once did a facial for 
Desi Perkins. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's still a good friend of mine and yeah. we're still in contact and she comes in for facials still. But I remember doing a facial for her and she posted me like four years ago. I think it was four or five years mm-hmm. ago. So my daughter, I was pregnant. My daughter's four. It was about four and a half years ago. Okay. And she blew me the fuck up. <laughs> I, like I didn't even know the power of influencers yeah, back it's crazy. then. Yeah. I just remember... Um, I was in touch with her, I think through Ipsy, mm-hmm. um, and, and just through direct messages yeah. through Instagram. Yeah. And she, the second she posted me, my front desk at the time was like, something's happening with your phone. It keeps going off and our music isn't playing correctly because at the time I wasn't paying for like Spotify accounts yeah. or anything. We're using my Pandora and yeah. I didn't have an account. So it oh was like God. the weird commercials and then bzz, 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 every 10 seconds. And I remember like overnight I had like 3000 new followers and my books went from, so in my field, if you're booked out about a week to two weeks in advance, yeah. That's like you've made it. Okay. It's a healthy schedule. Okay. You're pretty much booked out. So that's where um, usually practices try to get to over okay. the span of three years. Know. Okay. Typically. Yeah. So that's where I was. But after Desi Perkins posted me, mm-hmm. I think I was booked out maybe a month to two months in oh advance after that. And then after about six to eight months mm-hmm. of doing that. Yeah. Um, I think I was booked out like like four months in advance, oh and that's insane gosh. for our field. Yeah, and then you know she is very well connected in the influencer yeah. field too. So one thing led to another, and I started you know working with some of her other friends, and it just it went crazy. Yeah, and then it got to the point where I was like, oh my goodness, I can pay for Spotify now. Yeah. <laughs> I can get that subscription. Yeah, but it was um, huge. That's that's really crazy. I mean, the power of influencers, obviously, we know it be social, how yes. powerful they can be, but yes. in, especially in the beauty space, I think that's, that's wild. Um, so at what point, you obviously were working with different dermatologists and clinics, mm-hmm. were you like, I'm going to open up my own practice? Yes. So I tend to always have like a bigger and bolder plan for things. Yeah. Um, and I really like breaking the mold when it comes to everything I do in life. Like my husband will tell you I drive him crazy. My <laughs> friends, I'm usually the one that will like try something first and then I drag all my friends into yeah, it. I love that. So, um, and the funny thing is I've always been called like a bitch or like Really? So, yeah, like Vanessa's a bitch. She's you bossy. You come off bitchy at all Thanks, to me. That's so nice. Yeah, you're like really warm and sweet. Thank you. But I think I've always been, you know, like this is the way that I think it's going to work, and yeah. this is how we're going to stick to it. Yeah. I think it was Amy Poehler that said, "Bitches get shit done." Oh. And like that. I think when I read that quote. I was like, you know what? I'm. It's okay to be a little bitchy and just know mm-hmm. what you want and to like yeah. approach things a certain way. Men do it all the time, so why not? Yeah. What a true. perfect era to be in to like, you know, be in re- reinforcing that. And so I remember just working for multiple offices and just thinking, this just isn't the way that I would do things. Mm-hmm. Or you know, a lot of times these businesses are ran by not medical professional. Like even when I was yeah. working at a derm office before, the main founder mm-hmm. was you know, like a, a lay person, someone who wasn't yeah. in the medical field right. and was a business person. Yeah. And she would tell me, I need you to hit 10,000 today. I need you to hit 20,000 today, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't want to be 
you know, beholden to these numbers. I wanted to have my loyalty to my patients and what was right for them. And if they didn't need something, Mm -hmm. I could have the comfort to say, you know what, we're just not going to treat you today. Mm -hmm. I think we should focus on skin instead of some kind of injectable. That treatment is better for you. Or I remember a lot of times when I was working for different Um, with different partnerships, the focus was so much on after you inject them, make sure that you sell them up on some type of surgery. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like they're smaller chested or if you feel like they lack curves, bring that up somehow after they trust you and after Mm -hmm. you build up some rapport. And I was just like, this is gross. Like, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the sad part is like when it comes down to it, this is still a business, right? Everything that we do. But I knew that there was a different way to do things and I knew it could still be successful because I was turning people away left and right. Mm -hmm. And my books were still really busy. And it was because people finally felt like they had someone they trusted. Because injectables are amazing, but it's not everything. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you really do need a surgical procedure. Sometimes you don't need anything at all and you just need to stop putting on a certain filter that makes you feel weird about yourself (laughs) or you need to unfollow people, you know? Oh, yeah. So that type of thing. And one day I, I went through like a weird, you know, break up with a certain company. And I was Uh like, I just, I'm ready. Like, this is it. I want to stop having money and be the bottom line. And I know money will come if I lead with integrity and I'm able to treat patients as a whole person instead of just like, you know, a skin canvas or like a money pot. Mm -hmm. So in my culture, I'm Filipino American. And in my culture in the Philippines, when like I go back home, maybe like every other year, I'm going back again in January. When I go get a facial or I tell my husband, you know, I'm going to be gone Mm -hmm. for a little while. I'm going to go, you know, get a facial. I'll be right back. He knows I'll be gone for like four hours because in Asia, typically Mm -hmm. when you get a facial, you also get massage. There's Mm -hmm. probably a body scrub down. You also get acupuncture. You might get an injectable treatment, but you will probably also get like a body steaming or a V steaming. Mm -hmm. It's like an entire wellness process and you treat, it's a time to relax. You don't rush in and get like 15 minute Botox and you Mm -hmm. leave, you know, the whole Mm -hmm. experience is completely cohesive from your injectables Mm -hmm. and the wellness part of it. So we integrated a lot of our holistic health into our menu. Mm -hmm. Um, If our patients, if I, if I pick up that you might have body dysmorphic disorder or Mm. BDD as it's known, you should, anything I do for you will never be pleasing. Yeah. 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 You'll, you'll always feel a certain way about Mm -hmm. how you look and it won't be a well feeling. Like I I refer those patients to a therapist that I work with. And so I make sure that you get the help that you need instead of just harping on all of your insecurities Mm -hmm. because how would I be able to sleep at night? Right. So at that point I was like, I can do this. And within six months we had a business plan. I signed up for a lease um, I met with designers. Yeah. I knew exactly. And How I had all these patients. How did you have capital to do this? Great question. So I had to use my husband and like our life savings, really. Okay. My husband and myself, like we checked out how much money we had and we yeah. were like, okay, cool. At this point, we have two kids. We have a new home. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, I'm, I help out my parents. My parent, my father has Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and um, we help out my mom and my dad and we're very close with them. And so yeah. it wasn't like we had a ton of capital. We weren't right. as liquid as I would have liked to have been when mm-hmm. we first started off. So we took about 80,000 from our own savings mm-hmm. and 
we also went to the bank and mm-hmm. got a loan. Okay. Is and that I a hard process to get a loan? You know, I think it's very hard if you have my type of personality. So I'm type B, very yeah. creative, loose ends. Like I'm I'm yeah. terrible with like Excel sheets okay. and all of that. <laughs> Luckily, my husband who helps me organize all of that yeah. in my life, he's like, our, he's our CFO actually of oh, our cool. company. I love that. He was like, he, I mean, he goes to the grocery store and he makes an Excel sheet for that. No. So he's just like <laughs> overly organized. He was like, don't worry, we have a plan. And yeah. I just, he made templates and I had to like fill all that out. But I okay. will say it would probably have taken me two months longer yeah. than like the two weeks we worked on putting together the plan for the bank. Cool. And then once we submitted to the bank and, um, you know, requested for the loan, that process really is just like, well, let's see what your business history is and things. Thankfully, yeah. we did really well in the past. So if mm-hmm. you don't have business history, I think it's it's difficult. a lot more difficult. Yeah. Um, but we got a small business loan, okay. and the amount was for two hundred thousand. Okay. So we had two hundred eighty thousand, and it takes usually around half a million to set up. Oh, um, easily, yeah, right? to set up your first business yeah. to a million. Um, and I was like, okay, well, let's see what we can do, and we made it work and we really just like focused on making sure that we had top providers. Um, We really did not bullshit and tiptoe around like newbie injectors who I knew I could pay lower Mm -hmm. and we would be able to make more profit because really if you have kick-ass staff and providers, all of that pays for itself. So I, I mean, luckily I had these girls who wanted to work with me um, and I was fans of them also. And it was just this like, beautiful formulation that all came together. And once we opened our doors, I mean, it was like magic. So I will say from uh, requesting the loan to opening, it was the gnarliest six to eight months of my Mm -hmm. life because I had people you know, who were in transition waiting for this place to open for their new job. Yeah. Um, people were, you know, and these people, like my employees and mm-hmm. my colleagues, they have families and yeah. this is their livelihood and you don't want to fuck with people's no, money. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, you want to make like sure. All the time. Yeah. Yes. And so I had that pressure and my husband and I were like, okay, well, here it goes. Here's yeah. our savings. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, like here's our reserve and right. let's pay this loan back as quickly as possible. Yeah. And it was just nuts. But as soon as we open, people were pouring in our doors, thank God. And it just worked out really nicely. And now I'm no longer accepting new patients. My providers are booked out a week to two weeks in advance, some of them a month to three months in advance. Oh my gosh. Are, it's just it's just been really amazing that people are open to this new way of thinking where you can have you know your wellness and your everything else Western beauty treatments yeah. in the same space and for people to really celebrate that yeah yeah so it's been crazy but it's been one year and we are That's due to it? hit one year this coming end of December uh, beginning January wow. and we will be hitting three million in sales oh my gosh which is 
so gnarly. Yeah. It usually takes a business like ours about two to three years to become profitable and hit one million. And we're at three million. We're profitable. We're oh growing. So we're taking over next door. We're expanding oh, into the chocolate shop. Oh, really? Yeah. Very cool. And January is that so you can that. have more like injectors or yeah. what's the reason? So actually, I, I don't think we're going to have new injectors. Mm-hmm. We just have so many patients. And if we had more rooms, yeah. we would be able to do more within an hour. Okay. And so typically, our size is about like 1100 square feet. That's really small. Yeah, that is um, tiny. So we got into what we could get into and right. now we've shown our growth and we're ready to expand. So yeah. the chocolate shop was a pop-up and they're leaving in December. So we're going to be starting in January, oh you know, building gosh. out and we have our second location in Chino Hills and we're looking. I was going to say like, when is the second location open? And yeah. how is that going to like still have your like brand and DNA yes. if you're not there? So that's super important to me Mm -hmm. that, um, I am able to expand, but from stepping into Mm -hmm. the things we do, Chino Hills or the things we do in New York in the future, or the things we do Hawaii, you know exactly where you are. Mm -hmm. Um, so our menu is going to be the same. I've hired providers who have been to my training courses and are able to execute my exact techniques and who are not newbies in the field. I mean, these girls have like five years experience, seven years experience. They're amazing providers who I, I never let anyone touch my face except for my own providers yeah, as far sure. as like yeah you do your like own if I'm face not, sometimes yeah. right so I, I've always injected myself yeah but sometimes I have to do procedures like my threads mm-hmm. or you know certain things where you have to get into funky angles yeah and I'm like okay which one of my girls is yeah. free and that's really rare because I don't let anyone else touch my face but they're just yeah. amazing yeah um and then just really picking an amazing staff and sticking to our yeah. aesthetic yeah. and making sure that translates in cohesiveness all the way throughout our business and yeah. just making sure we really take care of our patients. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so exciting. So yeah. you'll mostly still be downtown for your patients? Yeah. So I will be, I started off at, out in Chino. So okay. actually- Is that where you're from? In the beginning of, yeah. So I grew up there. Okay. I still live there. Okay. So the first place that I started practicing was out in the Valley and Beverly Hills at the same time. Okay. And then I ended up going out to Orange County for a mm. few years. Mm-hmm. And then I was, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm ready to do my first partnership. And then we opened up in Chino. And in Chino is when Desi Perkins posted about me. So I have a huge following out in the Inland Empire, San Gabriel Valley, um, Orange County, and then also San Diego. Okay. And those patients have been driving up to LA. Mm -hmm. I have a really healthy client base in Los Angeles. So I'm going to be in the downtown LA office at the row one or two days a week. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be in Chino Hills about once a week, only for my patients who I have been already treating who that's closer to. And then my staff will be taking on the new patients. I love that. Yeah. I remember when I saw you, like, that you were opening up in downtown LA, and I initially was like, it's a really interesting location Mm -hmm. for this type of business, because Mm -hmm. mostly you see it in Beverly Hills. Yes. But that didn't affect you negatively at all. Not at all. In fact, I think that it worked positively for us in the sense that there's just not much out this way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Beverly Hills in the West Side is so saturated. True. You know, within a mile radius, there will be, like, 50 to 70 
75 of these type of offices. And that wouldn't have been an issue for us because we had a healthy patient demographic before, or Mm -hmm. I did, but I really wanted to do something different. And there's something really special about the arts district right now in downtown. I love, love, love New York. And I feel like it has a very like new, fresh, undiscovered, yet burgeoning at the same time kind of feel. So your practice is so successful, and then you decided to do one more thing on your plate. Well, you have your podcast too, but you have a beauty line. So how did you get that started? Yeah, so we, I okay, so I have always talked about how important it is to treat the skin before you dive into injectables because so many of my patients before, so we talked about microneedling, right? Yeah. A lot of my friends grew up with acne scarring. Yeah. So I have the same two friends from junior high. No new friends. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'll take all the new friends I can handle. Yeah. Um, so in a couple, so one of them in particular had severe acne in junior mm-hmm. high and in high school, and it was really tough. And she ended up with some acne scarring. Mm-hmm. And she was actually my first one of my first patients that mm-hmm. I tried microneedling on. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. And I just saw how when someone goes through a skin transformation, it's so much more profound and powerful mm-hmm. than just going with fuller lips. Yeah. And so. And I think there's more meaning to it, and I think it's healthier. So I've always talked about injectables alongside with skin health. And I think that as an injector provider, that's not as common. Mm -hmm. I think it's becoming more common because hopefully we're changing how the pendulum swings a little bit with that conversation. But it's always been, you go to your esthetician Mm -hmm. um, for facials, you go to your derm if you have crazy acne, Mm -hmm. and you get... Botox injections or filler from like whoever, whatever provider you choose. Right. And I think that if we're all working with the face and tissues and mm-hmm. we have the same training background when mm-hmm. it comes to the injectable side of things, why can't we all talk about, you know, like the different facets of like, just injecting underneath the skin, but really, you know, we can talk about like the skin surface itself. Yeah. So in opening um, the things we do in downtown LA, I was like, this is so silly. I'm not just going to open up a space. If I'm doing this, I'm going to do it the way I want. Mm -hmm. And I want to have a product line of what I think is missing in the field. So the products, like our our biggest sellers are the Liquid Lift Sleeping Mask, which is, yeah, oh my gosh, I'm going to... We'll walk over and I'll give you an entire gift oh, bag. Yay. Yeah. So the Liquid Lift <laughs> Sleeping Mask has sold out, I think, three times now at this point, mm-hmm. and we keep having to increase our order size, which is fantastic. But it's drenched in organic oats mm-hmm. and calendula and all of these really soothing ingredients for people with very sensitive skin. So my patients with rosacea, mm-hmm. eczema, psoriasis can use this treatment, and it's really meant for um, botanical-based you know, skin plumping and hydration and uh, soothing ingredients. So I like pairing that with our Glyglow scrub, Mm. which is an alpha hydroxy and beta hydroxy mix Mm. with, there's such a funny story behind that um, cleanser. And I don't know, I mean, do you, have you ever seen a medium? Uh, No, I would love to though. Okay. I now have a referral for you. Okay. But when I was practicing in West Hollywood previously, Mm -hmm. I had already been thinking up a skincare line and thinking of like my future location because Mm -hmm. I knew I was on my way out. And I was like working on different formulations and choosing with what ingredients I was going to work with. And I had a patient one day come in and she said, 
um, while I was injecting her, un- injecting her under mm-hmm. eyes, by the way, mm-hmm. this is the first time I had ever met her. Yeah. I did one under eye and she goes, I'm sorry, I have to stop you. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. Is yeah, this a possible, yeah. <laughs> like, what's happening? Is yeah. this a complication? So I was like, yes, what's, what, what are you feeling? Just tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. And she goes, there's a woman in the room and she <gasps> won't. What? It was so <laughs> insane because I've never had an experience like this before. Yeah. But she was like, there's a woman in the room and she has a message for you and she won't stop bothering me until I let you know. I chills from that. that you know, was so I was catatonic crazy. when this happened afterwards. Yeah. I canceled my patience for the rest of the day. I was like crying. I was like, I can't take this. So yeah. I was like, okay. And when she said there was a woman in the room, I mean, this is West Hollywood. So mm-hmm. I'm like, is she a crazy person? Or like, I had no idea, but I was like, I'm just going to hear her out. Yeah. And she goes, there's a, there's a woman in the room and she is in her late 50s mm-hmm. and she looks like you but older she has mm-hmm. short curly hair she's wearing a long sleeve dress that's mm-hmm. red and white there's flowers on it it was so specific and she was like interesting she was like this is your grandmother and i was not letting on because i'm such a skeptic about yeah, that kind so of stuff I. so, so I. I was like okay i didn't say like yes or uh-huh. no i was like okay and do you remember that like your grandma in a photo wearing that or so anything? it turns out that dress my aunt and my mom who were very close to my grandmother Mm -hmm. gave her that dress and it was her favorite dress and she's wearing it in our photo that we display of her at home in our like yeah like in our friend like our our memory for those who've passed on in our family she's wearing that and it was just I was like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. and she was like um, yeah, so your my grandmother, that one specifically, in the Philippines was a beautician. So her business Aww. was beauty. Okay. And my mom always talked about how it skipped her and my aunt, mm-hmm. and they joined the medical field instead mm-hmm. of doing beauty. And my grandmother used to try to make them work at the salon and try to do, you know, like women's hair, and they mm-hmm. would always like fuck it up, and like yeah, the yeah. perm would turn out like yeah. terrible and stuff. And my mom always used to say that she pass that down to me because mm-hmm. I've always loved helping people with beauty. Since I was like 10, I've been making girls at like my sleepovers do um, egg white and oatmeal masks mm-hmm. for like anti-aging. We were 10 for, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it didn't even make sense. And I used yeah. to do my mom's hair and makeup. So I knew it was my grandmother and she was alluding to that, but I didn't want to let on. Yeah. And she goes, she says that you need to move on and move forward with your plan. She's very proud of you. And do you have a skincare line? And I was like, no. And But in my mind, I was like, I'm, yeah, kind of. Because you're thinking of Yeah, one. and she goes, well, your grandmother says you do, and that between the cleansers you're going in between, you should choose the cleanser that's brown, that's orange and has brown dots in it. No. And it was so specific. And I was like, this is ridiculous because most cleansers are like gel cleansers, right? right? Like clear or... Yeah, yeah. She was like orange with brown dots in it. And that's exactly our Glyglo cleanser. So I was like, I mean, when your grandmother visits you from wherever she is spiritually, like beyond this realm, and she says to choose the cleanser, then you choose the cleanser. You choose the cleanser. And that, so the cleanser and the liquid lift sleeping mask are our two 
highest selling products um, and they do really, really well. So um, it's one of those things where with the ingredients, we we wanted to make sure that they were as natural as possible, mm-hmm. um, that they were clean, um, non-toxic, and we wanted to make sure that they were inclusive also. Yeah. So when it comes to our retinol, our retinol is made safely for women of color because mm-hmm. a lot of retinols that are durable and stronger mm-hmm. um, for women of color, we end up getting dry and flaky. And instead mm-hmm. of just having the cell turnover, yeah. we get hyperpigmentation. Okay. So, and that's just from using even some gentle retinols. So we were able to formulate one that's a stronger retinol. It's actually 2.5%, yeah. but it's it has all of these ingredients that are also meant to soothe the skin at the same yeah. time. So you're nourishing it and you don't end up with the with the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Interesting, because yeah. I started using retinol, and then that's when I feel like I got melasma. Yes, so I've never had worse hyperpigmentation or sunspots on my face than yeah. when I was on the west side, and I tried this really, really harsh retin-A that was mixed with hydroquinone okay. that is meant to like you know bleach or suppress any kind of like melanocytes that are overactive or yeah. like brown spots. Yeah. Um, and the retin-A just wasn't meant for my skin. And the cell turnover rate made the protective layer of my skin shed off. And then I was more susceptible to sun damage, even uh. though I was constantly putting on sunscreen. Okay. So it was just too strong for me. It wasn't right for my skin. Yeah. So this is so much more gentler, but it gets the job done. You see like skin smoothing, you see mm-hmm. a nice brightening happening in the skin without using any kind of hydroquinone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also did the same thing with our brightener. So it's non-hydroquinone, non-bleaching, just skin brightening. And you, it's safe enough to use in the daytime and in the evening, but okay. always with sunscreen. Yeah. So we really focused on like clean ingredients, inclusive products. There's seven SKUs that we have. It's really simple of things that I just find mm-hmm. we're lacking in our field. Oh, I love it. Well, I can't wait to try oh it God. all. We've talked about ghosts. We've talked yeah, about... Yeah, I, I need to, I need that medium's <laughs> number because that just freaked me out and oh, gave me chills. I referred her to a few patients also, and yeah. she's just... She's so lovely and wow. it's been life-changing for some people. Mine, for sure. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're almost done. We're going to jump into rapid-fire questions. Um, so what is your favorite product from your line? Well, you just answered that, didn't you? Yeah. So the favorite product probably is the Glyglow, my wash. Okay, I need yeah. that. Um, one beauty brand that lives up to the hype. One beauty brand that lives up to the hype. I will say before using my stuff, I really, really, well, I still do. I use this stuff, Tata Harper, for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you use any of Tata's stuff? No, Tata. Like Tata. She's, no, Tata. I don't, but I've heard it's really good. So she has a resurfacing mask mm. that is drenched in glycolic acid. And also I believe there's lactic in there and mm. it is to die. Mm. If you need a minimization of your pores instantly when yeah, you use it for like one night, I mean, it is fantastic. Okay. So I love that mask. I love also... Um, for patients who are skin types one through four, Mm -hmm. like lighter skin types. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work as well for richer, darker skin types, but I find that when I use this for my patients, it's Mm -hmm. an illuminizing um, under eye cream. Mm. I usually talk against eye creams because if you're super oily, you can build up milia, but this is light enough. And yeah, so you should stop putting eye creams right at the top of the cheek or moisturizer. I mean, not eye creams, I'm sorry. If you use moisturizer or creams, you should stop at the top of the cheek. That's why people get the bumps close to the under eye area or they're using um, eye creams that are too rich for them. They're really meant for like 50s and 60 year old women. Yes. Okay. So we have an eye gel for our younger demographic, Mm. but for patients who have just like 
like darker under eye skin, you really want to brighten it up. So she has this illuminizing like eye gel cream is the texture. It's Mm -hmm. like right in between the two. It's super light Mm -hmm. and it has this like iridescent pearl to it and it just brightens the under eye area up so nicely and it's all natural ingredients. I mean like her, everything that she has in her line is Mm -hmm. from her family's farm. Oh, I didn't know that. It's amazing. Her whole family. So I love that line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then what is the biggest lesson you've learned in business? Oh my God. Um, in business, if you want to make something work, you've got to stick to it and you've got to just get started. I think we went over this in the Be Social series. Mm -hmm. When you want to do something, even if it's the most brilliant idea, Mm -hmm. you will have so many people tell you it's not going to work out Mm -hmm. and it's not a good idea because Mm -hmm. it's different. Mm But if you have the wherewithal to know that you can step back and make this shit happen, Mm -hmm. do not listen to anyone except Mm -hmm. for people who you align yourself with in business who are smarter than you. You know what I mean? Just like move forward, get started. And it's not going to happen overnight. A good friend of mine, Sir John, recently, he was, I was interviewing. The makeup artist? Yes. Yeah. He was on the podcast recently, Mm -hmm. The Things We Do. And I was like, I mean, how did this happen? Because makeup artists, see your, you know, your growth Mm -hmm. on social media and they think it's happened overnight. And Mm -hmm. he was like, you know, success really is like 10,000 hours, right? It takes years and years and years to get to this point. So hard work, stick in there and just get started and don't take no for an answer. Keep going and be resourceful. Mm -hmm. If one door closes on you, find a way around it and get to the, you know what I mean? It's like being sneaky and getting to the front of that Vegas line. Don't take no for an answer. Get in that glove. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Um, Biggest myth about Botox. Great. So I think the biggest myth about Botox is people think, well, two of them, people think that Botox is the actual procedure. So what it is, is a type of neuromodulator and Botox is a brand name. Mm -hmm. So a lot of patients come in asking for, I'd like to have Botox in my forehead. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't know that there's other options. Botox is my first love when it comes to all the different types of neuromodulators, Mm -hmm. but there's like Xeomin, Javot, Dysport. There's so many different kinds. And really depending on what you're going for, there's very tiny differences in each Mm -hmm. one. But again, Botox is my first love. Um, The other thing I think is that people think that once you get Botox, your brows spike up and you look like this crazy frozen person. Mm -hmm. We really concentrate on providing more of like a type of Botox sprinkle within Mm -hmm. the face where we use light units in multiple areas all Mm -hmm. over the face where you still have movement. We don't Mm -hmm. sacrifice any of your movement. Your dynamic movement just isn't as harsh. So you get an improvement in the skin texture and surface, but you don't lose your natural character. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on the provider and what their training is or, you know, subjectively how they see beauty. But I think that's the biggest thing. You don't have to look frozen. Right, right. I love that. Um, well, that's it. Thank you so that was much. So easy. For Where can me? people follow you? So you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is Vanessa Lee underscore RN. Okay. And our business is when I say our, it's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, who's your partner? I guess your husband, right? No, he's not my partner. Yeah. He works for me. It's so yeah. amazing. It's like Ali Wong. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So um it's if you want to follow my business, it's the things we do.co on Instagram. And also our podcast is the things we do. Everything is the things we do. You are so busy, girl. I don't know how you do it all. You know, I think 
Um, it's because I have a team, you know what I mean? I'm really good at delegating. Yeah. I'm not, if you are super type A and you feel like you have to do everything yourself. That's my problem. I feel, yeah. I feel like if you can delegate, you can do so many more things. The trick is finding people like that you trust to delegate these tasks to. But yeah, thank God for my team. Love you guys. Yeah, same. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.